everyone. Welcome to the Renaissance Project, a Black girls movement. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Chase Clark, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this journey of liberation and conversation. Hello, family. Welcome to the Renaissance Project. I am your wonderful host, Chase Clark, and I'm super happy right now because I'm beginning my Chase Your Dream series with the most important guest. Today, I am joined by the OG boss. She is a mother, a wife, a faithful Volvo Financial Services employee, the president of Chase's Chance, a soon-to-be-published author, the creator of Selena at Your Service. If you haven't guessed it yet, I'm here today with my right-hand man, my mom. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. It is an honor. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. So you've been here from the very beginning, from the beginning of the podcast, from the beginning of Chase's Chance and everything. So I wanted to know, how do you feel? How does it feel to have witnessed all of this transpire? It is surreal. It is an out-of-body experience most days. I'm just thankful that God has allowed so many great things to happen in in your life and, and to allow me to be here to witness it and to be your mom. Thank you. So I think before we start, we should both promise each other that we will not cry on this show because I think it might sound very not great in the ears. No promises being made. (laughs) Okay. So jumping into my first official question, I've been reading the book, The Millionaire Mind by Thomas Stanley. And inside the book, he talks a bit about the keys to success. And it drew me to think about my own keys of success And I also wanted to know, what are your personal keys to success? That's a question, Chase, that the answer would probably vary based on the day. Our lives are so fast forward and they are so busy that I have to decide day to day how to look at success. Because even on one of our worst days that we may imagine or have to build on. Just the fact that we survived it is successful to me. But to answer it in terms of what you're perhaps looking for, success to me is, and how I build on it, is consistency. It is having a lot of faith in in what God instilled in me. And a lot of it also is it begins and ends really with, am I at peace with it? So if I'm at peace with it, God is in it and I am consistent with it. That is my my main go-tos. Definitely. I wrote mine down because I had to really think about it. And yours are actually pretty along the lines with mine. Um, My keys to success are also things that I feel that I have to work on as well in order to be successful. My first thing would probably be having faith and keeping God first in everything that I do. I know sometimes it can feel like I'm not as consistent in being a faithful Christian, which is another topic for another time. But that's, I think, my first and foremost thing. My second would probably be consistency as well, which is something I also need to work on because I think sometimes I do jump into things and I fizzle out towards the end, but just being uh, consistent and faithful servant to whatever I work on. And my next and probably my last would be compassion and empathy. Just Mm -hmm. that's something I've learned in working at Chick-fil-A, really, actually. Just being able to de-escalate situations 
and just being compassionate or just being nice really to people and building those relationships. So actually, I think building relationships and networking will probably be my last key to success. Very good. You did hit on some. You're right. Being nice takes you a long way. It really does. Especially in this day and time where I feel being nice and respectful isn't common. (laughs) And and honestly, in, in some situations, I feel especially in this day and time, we're so anxious to win ourselves that we don't extend a, a hand to help everybody else behind us or even in front of us. You don't have to be struggling to get help. You can be on top of the world and still need help. But on to my next question. How do you define success? There I go again, going back to my <laughs> original answer. I guess it depends on the day, Chase, because defining success means so much to so many, and I guess it can vary. But to me, success was Success lies in, regardless of what the world may tell any of us, it does not lie in how much money you make. But it's nice to have money, though. (laughs) It is good to have money, but it's a false pretense because I know a million people who have a lot of money, but they don't have peace and they are not successful at life and living because the foundation, as we know, is God. And so if you take being at the top of the world and you still are the loneliest person, that is not success to me. So money helps. Yes, it is great. Yes, (laughs) very. But it is not, in my view, something to measure success. You really helped me to understand as well as Landon and Tiasia helped me as a mom and as an individual to understand that Success really, for me, is when I look at you three. I don't say it to be poetic or for it to sound nice. That's my biggest box that I can ever check is that if you all are nice, healthy, consistent, loving, extending a hand, you're at peace with yourselves, you're living out your dreams, that is how I measure it. Good answer. Good answer. So for a second, let's go back in time and talk a little bit about your upbringing. It's something that we talk about a lot in the house, Mm -hmm. especially in relation to staying motivated to continue education and just to continue in general. But my first question to you is, what is a piece of advice that you received in your childhood that you carry with you to this day? There are so many that are crowding to try to come out of my mouth at once. You're so poet. Oh, gosh. One thing, my grandfather, who was such a major component in, in my life, he always said, if you made 10 cents, save five of it. That was period. No excuses. But my grandmothers perhaps didn't say it, but they demonstrated what it was to be a woman of so many things, of strength, of endurance, and of faith. And mm-hmm. but my grandfather, I can hear him saying it right now. My nickname was something I will not say on air, <laughs> but but he would tell me if you made 10 cents, say five. That's good advice. I know I really have to practice that because, man, but I my um, piece of advice that I keep with me. Actually, I got it this year. And I remember one day you were super, I won't say stressed, but You were just upset with the way that the education system was set up in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And dad sat you down and talked you down a little bit. (laughs) And he said something along the lines of why worry when you can just have faith or why do you worry when you have faith? You can't have both or something along the lines of that. And that's just something I carry with me because 
Most people that know me know that I'm a perfectionist almost to a fault. And when things don't go the way I planned, it can be a a storm. (laughs) A storm, yes. Yeah, so just being able to keep that with me has definitely helped me when I feel myself about to get overwhelmed because things don't look as I feel they should. Yeah, so my next question to you is, if I was to ask the younger you, what would she say that she wanted to be when she grew up? Oh, man. Last week, it was a speech pathologist. I do. I'm joking about that. But I am, but I am not. I think, Chase, growing up, I had so many dreams and visions that I let fall through. And when I think I finally got it together, although it was about 18 or 19 years ago, I I settled on speech pathology. But that's my answer, final answer. That's your final answer? At this moment, yes. I'll come back to you later. (laughs) You said when you were answering that question that you did, you had so many dreams and aspirations Mm -hmm. and you let it fall through. So could you talk about that a little bit? I would love to. That part is hard. But and I say that because I'm looking across the table at you who and you're living out your dreams. And I know for me that we grew up in a small town and the most excitement you got was watching Soul Train or mm. or looking at Ebony or Jet magazines. And we had some success stories of young men that I remember, but young women, not so much. And we would dream so big. We would make lists. I remember we would make lists and have all this set up for a bit, for a big letdown, if you will, because we did not at that particular time in life have as many people telling you that you could do it. Our parents, our grandparents were beautiful. They were supportive, but they did what they knew to do. And for us, it just was not there. The push, the extra, how do we get to the next phase in order to make this dream come true? And then that hurdle, this is what we have to do. That part of life was missing for me. So as a little girl, I can tell you that I did want to be a a dancer on on Soul Train. I don't know that I've ever spoke these words because that was all we saw. Mm -hmm. Every Saturday you woke up to being so excited because you got to see people that looked like you and they were on TV. And in my mind, that was success. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to be. And so all these other possibilities just weren't there in front of me. Therefore, I think that I didn't pursue all that was in front of me because I simply did not know. And that's such a poor excuse, but it is my excuse. Nonetheless, I feel valid. I know, like I said, you you tell us my siblings and I the stories a lot about how you wish you would have pushed a little harder. And when you used to tell me those stories, I was like, it's just no way because I would see your pictures and you were prom queen and you did all of this stuff in high school. So I know you were a very determined person. So sometimes it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to see because you're right. We, everything that was available to us and in my reach, I was going to go for it. And I was the first kid, first generation out of my family, immediate family to go to college. Yep. My parents and family fully supported that and they sent the boxes and my sister drove up and my brother-in-law at the time, he would drive up and my aunt and everybody made sure that part of it was 
sealed. Mm -hmm. But when it got a little tough, I did share with you and share the stories because I think the stories are important generationally so that you can pass them down. So often histories are unknown because families don't share the good, the bad or whatever. I want y'all to know as much as possible. And something that I need to say before we go any further, I don't regret any of it though, because had I gone in that direction, perhaps Chase, there would perhaps be no Chase. It would be no Tiasia. That would be a tragedy to the world. It would be a tragedy <laughs> to the world. So I understand sometimes that those decisions made were not necessarily how I would have envisioned it, but it's how God saw it and allowed it. So I'm very, I'm not regretful. I lived a very flavorful life. <laughs> I had a good time and I will continue to do that until I close my eyes. But I just want to, I, I felt like I needed to say that because sometimes we're taking off our track as we know it or want it to be, but God still has something beautiful on the other side. Amen to that. So since we're in the poetic spirit, let's talk a little bit about you and your new venture in being an author. It's not very new to me, but new to the public <laughs> because of as long as I've known you, you've been very gifted in the art of, of words and the art of writing and speaking as well. So if you would like to, could you just speak a bit about that journey, how it came to be and what it's looking like now? Yeah, I would love to. I'm so thankful for your little brother who My was bestie. your bestie. Yeah, <laughs> who was the instrument and driving force. He went towards, Landon is so talented in so many areas and mm. and he doesn't quite get it yet at his age, but Anybody who knows me as a mom, if y'all show a glimpse of interest of anything, I'm going to do anything possible to make sure that you live it out. Mm -hmm. Now, this idea has been a part of my energy for years since he went to the UNCG summer camp, writing camp, mm -hmm. and he showed his skills off, which I did not know were there until that moment. But as he was doing his first book and reading, and I said to myself then that we were going to do something together because as you and I have worked very closely with your foundation, and right. I needed to ensure that he and I had something. When we look back on it, when I'm gray and old and in the nursing home, I can say he and I did this. So fast forwarding a little bit in November, very good friend. And actually, one of your mentors invited me to an idea party. Now, th what's funny about that is I, I told her I was coming for the food. I was not going to oh bring an God. idea That's because it is telling because I had no <laughs> idea what this idea party was. Mm -hmm. I was just going along with it because I love her. She loves me and she never asked anything. She threw the, the whole whopper in when she was like, I prayed and the Lord gave me six names. I said, he did not give you my name. Yes, he did. Girl, you got to come. So she threw the Lord <laughs> in it or whatever. So we went and I had nothing. I had no notebook. I had zero. Everybody else got up. They had their plans. They had their designs for building space. And I was like, what? And so we got up there. It was my turn. Child, I had nothing. Not a thing. So I got up there. They made me stand up and they said, you can't say nothing about your kids because that's all we know about you. We, we want something new. I said, oh, nothing. I said, this is it. Yeah, Chase, they threw you under the bus. So needless to say, God gave me quickly 
Landon's and my, I don't know how much Landon was on board, but at the time, but the vision but of the book. later. I feel like he'll really appreciate it later. Yeah. He mm-hmm. will. So we got up there. I talked to them about God had already given me the name to this book and I needed to do something with Landon. And it is called Mommy, If You Just Hold My Hand. And he I went home, told him the idea. He went in the other room and in 20 to 30 minutes, a book was born. And we co-authored, we worked with the illustrator, and our prayer, if everything lines up, is that it is released in May of 2021. She'll be around the corner when this releases. Yeah. But it's been really a joy for me to see it come into fruition because I do know that you guys had been, you mainly had been talking about it and praying about it for, I think this is three years now, two, three years. So to see it actually... And when you first showed me the colored in color picture, I just got to crying because I was like, "You did it's cry. a it's a product like it's a real thing." It, I like saw it come from your dream to product, and that's just a really um, beautiful thing to experience. Yes, it is. As I get to experience your baby today. <laughs> oh man, see, told you I'm about to cry. See, so we talked about your book, and he said that we, me, you, and I worked really closely with my foundation, Chase's Chance which is my 501c3 organization founded in 2013, focused on the youth. If you want to check it out, you can look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Chase's Chance. Also, feel free to donate, feel (laughs) free to donate, and feel free to donate. But we've been working on this journey of service for about seven to eight years now. So I'm curious to know, what do you think that our biggest, like, factor of success has been so far that's easy as you oh my gosh what? it is you i don't say that to <laughs> pat you on the back and some i don't know shooting in the wind i i am clear on that without another thought because you brought it to us at such an early age and i knew that mm-hmm. god had put something in you which has allowed you to see things differently than most. Things from a naive seven-year-old when you first came to us about a concern that you had, and instantly it was not even a thought. It was like, okay, what are we going to do about it? And so from that moment, you've always lived by that, and it is whatever we got to do. You wake up, you go to bed, you're in between, you're in class. It's just a natural part of who we are now, I think, as a family. However, like you were saying, donate, because it does take that to Mm, continue. But I just love your vision. I love that, the innocence of it, because so many, and I'm not knocking, nonprofits have a hard job. It is day in and day out. I think that we're a little different because we're 365 days in which people contact us. I'm not saying they contact us daily. But they do. Yeah, they, we have that open door window and clause that you've created for the world because you're getting calls from for backpacks right now for a school that's in Africa and into the classrooms here locally in Greensboro. So we're like all over the place. I saw you get up the other morning at 530. You still had class. You had exams. You still had to write out for grants. A lot of it is in-house. We have a small team. We're a mighty team, but a lot of it falls on you because people, it has your name on it and you run it how you want it ran. And I am just thankful for your vision and happy to support it. Well, thank you. 
to answer that question from my point of view, I actually would say you, not to, maybe I'm a little biased, but I feel that majority of how far we came really like, it really does fall on you a lot because you taught me a lot about marketing, the marketing aspect of not only this personal nonprofit, but like in general, just marketing and how to carry yourself in business in general. You taught me to go out for every single opportunity. And even though you don't tell me to stay up later, wake up earlier, I just see it in the way that you just carry yourself. That's what you've done. So that's what I try to model myself after. And it actually leads me right into my next question. So what have you learned in working or being a part of Chase's Chance? There are a lot of people who need help. A lot of people, it's a lot of dynamics when you're looking at a nonprofit and we're still learning and trying to get an understanding for the needs that are out there and how we can best service them. And you just mentioned like going out and asking and grabbing every opportunity, some mm-hmm. of which we turn away. Yeah, that's the hard part. We turn away and we have to say no to, and sometimes that is a blemish on us, but we do it with purpose. We do it because you have aligned us to think that everyone was not looking for a hand out, but rather a hand up. And some donations that perhaps come in the door, they're saying, we'll give you this, but it has a million restrictions on it. Mm -hmm. That's just not how we play ball. Many people we are finding are in a loophole status. They can get rent assistance, but they have to make this amount, but their kids still have to eat so they can't get food stamps. That's sort of, what are we supposed to do? What are we going to do? Say, hey, you make $10 too much. We can't help you as a nonprofit. That's not how you line things up. That's why I think we've been blessed this far to continue since 2013. You got to keep in mind, I know that is natural for us, but for many people to hear that you are celebrated Sometimes with awards and everything, and I I smile at that, but those awards catch dust and we are not taking it lightly that you are recognized, but that is so not your purpose. You're like, okay, a kid needs a pair of shoes. They need stuff in school. And one of the biggest disparities that we've been seeing over and over again is in the educational system. And it is not that our kids are not capable. It is that they simply don't know how, as I, as a little girl, I can quickly identify with that don't have the next steps. They want to go to college, but who's going to pay for the SATs? They want to go to school, but who's going to pay for the books? Chase's Chance has been a resource, and I am so thankful that God allows people to hear our story and to donate, Mm -hmm. whether it's the $5 or the $10,000 that we were recently, thanks to you (laughs) writing that grant, (laughs) but that we've recently been given, but all of it earned. I I just can see how many lives that are touched, and it's just not for one person. I can see generationally how beautiful each gift that we're able to give is done. So I'm just very thankful for that. Yes, definitely. With all the things that you've learned, I feel like you have... Actually, before I go there, do you remember last year when I turned 15? Yeah. The birthday party I had before COVID, of course, before COVID, but we entitled it. What did we, what did you entitle it? Becoming. Yes. That you was, remember that? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I got the program. It was very nice. <laughs> but so I feel, and we talked about this one day when we were walking around the track and I told you, and I think you were surprised. And I was saying how difficult that year was, but I think it was named or foreshadowed appropriately. That was a year of becoming because through all the hardships and, and things like that, I definitely feel like I became. Mm-hmm. So I, and I felt that way about you within this year. We had a lot of ups and downs, of course, politically and health-wise and everything. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of that, not only have you written your book and it's coming into fruition, Mm -hmm. and we have successfully continued Chase's Chance, but you also started your own business for entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. services. Yeah. I think I said that. It's close enough. Yeah. Y'all know what I mean. It's called Selena at Your Service. And I just mm-hmm. wanted you to talk a little bit about what that is and what exactly you do with it. Ah, where do I start? I think that this is not new for me. I think that I've been doing it all along. I just could not ever get put a name. A name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put a name to it. And people would oftentimes have these ideas for different business ventures. They would come to me and we would instantly, it would... God gifted me with the know-how and the smarts, really, and the connections and networking to be able to connect the dots, get them off and running, and then they run off and have beautiful businesses, and I just sit back and smile. But I never, ever knew that along the way that this was a business, and I've been reading a lot and trying to get new ideas about, God, what is my gift? What am I here for? Because as we are all understanding that you, Tiaja's already master's program, leading her life, doing wonderful things. You are next. We're talking about colleges and then soon Landon will be gone. And what happens to dad and I after you all leave? What happens to the individuals that were once there? We put them on the shelf for a minute, but I think it's time for me to start understanding once more who I am. So it had been a prayer for me over and over again. And November 15th, 2020, Everybody who knows me knows that I sleep. I need a lot of sleep, but I'm not getting it, but I need it. So I <laughs> tossed and turned and, and and God would just not leave me alone that night. I was like, God, stop it. I can't post anything. I said, I don't have a name. I don't have a, I haven't written to anyone to see if this is good. I haven't, I don't have a logo. I don't have a trademark. He was like, now I need you to do this now. And I posted basically that I will be calling it Selena at your service because that is what I do. You have a dream. You're not sure how to get there. I connect the dots or connect the people so that your dream can be realized. And since that day, we've had at least, I'm on number nine. I have three more scheduled, but I'm now booked into February of 2021. And I am praying to the Lord that he sees me through this because it really is taken off. But that just goes to show that so many people are sitting on their dreams. And mm-hmm. so we're going to get them there. That's what I do. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you, mommy. Thank you. I actually think that day, I think I went on Instagram and was like, y'all, I'm so proud of my mommy. And it was like, for what? I was like, don't worry about it. I'm just proud of my mom. <laughs> no, you said you're booked until February, but just in case anybody was curious about how they can connect with you, your information is also through Chase's Chance because most often or most often than not, people are talking to you rather than me because mm-hmm. the internet is weird. If you could just shout yourself out, your social media profiles. With- I'm on Facebook. You can message me at Selena Barksdale Clark. 
And we're uh, setting up her Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get to Instagram, but yeah, that will come. That will come. My priorities right now are still you guys. So definitely. So we are actually going to be taking a short break, and when we come back, I will be in the hot seat, and my mom will be asking me questions. So make sure you guys tune in. With the Renaissance Project, I am now in the hot seat, and my guest, my mother, will be asking me the question. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, I've been waiting all day for this because some of the answers I really don't know, Chase. As I was trying to come up with the questions for today, I was a little bit sidetracked because I was like, she's my kid and I don't even know the answers. What is wrong with me? So we're going (laughs) to clear that up right now. You'll know, you'll know. You have a unique I think, perspective in life, because most of your life has been public more often than not. Through Chase's Chance, through your philanthropy work, you've been introducing yourself all along. That is, to me, a unique situation to be in at seven, eight, nine, and up years old. But I think you've handled it remarkably well. You've had a very colorful life. You have had some of the best people interview you in the world. And now I'm sitting in this place. I remember a few years ago when the King Center in Atlanta acknowledged your work and wanted to bring you there with along along with some other masterminds, youth, and you had to sit on this big stage in front of oh, yeah, that was so scary. Dr. Bernice King and, mm-hmm. and Martin Luther King III, his granddaughter. I mean, their entire family was sitting in the front row. The whole King family staring at you, and you had to get up there probably, what, three or four years ago now? And that was two, two years ago. It was April 2018. You think? Was it? Okay. You got up there in front of this big stage with these masterminds of that are known, if you say their names, anywhere in the world, but you handled it master masterfully. But one thing that I think your audience would want to know, because I want to know it, everybody knows about your philanthropy, but who is Chase? Can you tell us? I gave you easy questions. (laughs) I think the answer is best served by saying that I'm really still trying to figure it out. I guess as I have been able to grow and being able to share my life with a whole bunch of people through social media and different things. I feel like most of my adolescence was really, I was just trying to make sure that I was presentable to the world. But now I think I'm trying to make sure I'm presentable to Chase. So I don't know. I'm a lot of things. I'm pretty multidimensional. And that's where I'll leave it. Okay. Now that you are, I can say that about you. Yeah. There's been a lot of conversations recently about the isms that plague our society. And right now I'm focusing on racism. It's been big. It's been broad. It's been so loud that we can't escape it. I have to beg the question. The full name of your podcast is The Renaissance Project, which I love. But the subcaption to that is a Black girls movement. Mm -hmm. Was that 
in part because of what has been going on recently? Did you feel like we needed like a stamp to say this is ours or or how did it come about? No, I I guess it's political the way you look at it. But when I first thought of the name Renaissance, I was trying to so desperately put a word or a label to what I've been trying to say for a long time when describing what I wanted to do when I get older or who I wanted to be or what I just wanted to do or what best encompasses me. And so I was trying so desperately to find a word that encompasses knowing a lot of things and being able to do a lot of things. And it came to me that Renaissance was that word. And I thought back to my seventh grade class, Mr. Papillo's class. That was my favorite class like I ever took ever. And we talked about two Renaissances because it was world history. We talked about the Renaissance that took place in Europe and then the Harlem Renaissance, which notably took place in Harlem, New York. So when I looked at the Renaissance that took place in Europe, which is actually what my first my mind first went to when thinking of imagery for this Renaissance, I just noticed that it was just a lot of white people, to be honest. And then when I do plan for new projects or new ideas, I actually make mood boards on Pinterest or I'll cut stuff out of magazines and put them together um, just because I'm a visual person. You are. So when I was looking up, I looked up the word Renaissance and we all know that Pinterest can be one sided if you don't put black girl at the end. They sort of are just like, here's what you have. <laughs> so I think what I really wanted to do with the the subcaption was to just really make it plain. This is Chase Clark. I'm a black girl. And this is my thing that I want to do. This is my movement. This is my way of presenting myself to the world, just as those men and women did in Europe and just as people did, those men and women did in Harlem, New York. So that's where that came from. I love it. See there, a lady with brains, man, eat it. (laughs) Watch out, Michelle Obama. She coming for you. Oh, man. It is. It's true. I'm proud of you. My thing is quotes. It's rare that I do not wake up, find something, and send it to my children. she did this morning. I sure did. (laughs) One of my favorites is written by Gandhi. It is, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. I think next to Gandhi's picture, there should be Chase. Not because you're my kid, but because I see the gravity uh, in which you change lives every day. And it's funny to me to have this bird's eye view because sometimes when being interviewed as a Chase's Chance president or as your mom, it is evident to me that people try to fit the work that needs to be done, which you're doing into a box. And they need me to say, she does this only, or Mm -hmm. we do this only. And then when we break outside of that box, then they They get denied. We get either denied for a grant. (laughs) You get denied. We get denied or people like, what is she doing? It's radical. It's just too much. Yeah. Just stay in your lane sort of deal. With that, life has just been a lot. And during this time, we've seen a lot of need. We've seen a lot of hurt. We've seen a lot of pain. But what I've also seen, Chase, is some of the most beautiful etches in my mind of you because I've seen the evolution of the little girl to the now young woman that you are that are just making decisions. This podcast, for instance, you said you wanted it, which will lead me to my next question. But 
you said you wanted it and you did everything within your power to work, to pay for it Mm -hmm. and to make it your own from you've stayed up, you've been just writing, you've been reading, you've been reaching out to people and just trying to fulfill your dream. And the evolution has been beautiful. Have you truly understood while you walk in it, what has happened over the span of your almost 17 years? Do you understand the evolution? Do you understand the all of it? Do you quite get it that this is like not normal? I guess now more than ever, I just am starting to look at things a little differently from a, a different perspective. I think I was just blessed to always be around people who were older than me, who also had more years on them than I did. And they were also able to help me form this perspective that I look at life through. And I guess I do. I I think that I'm doing a really great thing. I think I'm doing a really great thing. Yeah, that's the answer to my question. (laughs) I think you're doing a, a heck of a great thing, Chase Clark. Thank you. My last question is this. So we were all so pumped about the podcast, right? We were like, yeah, she's doing it. And then my dad asked the ultimate question. What is a podcast? Hey, Poppy needs to know. (laughs) Poppy needed to know. Mm. So I'm going to ask this question. You had a million platforms. You got Instagram, you got Facebook Live, you got Instagram Live, which those are great avenues, but you Mm. are adamant about studio recording. (laughs) Studio, you want the whole nine, you wanted it done right. Why in the world did you want to choose a podcast for this intergenerational conversation? Simply put, I just wanted to be different. I was just, when I was thinking of... And that actually leads me into another another one of your questions. When I think of my life, I think of just the fact that I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be put into a box. And I feel like that's a conversation that a lot of people say. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be do everybody else does. I don't want to be put into a box. But like when I say that. I really mean it. (laughs) And like the podcast for me was just much more than just being able to have this conversation. Because like you said, I could have done it on Instagram. I could have done it on Facebook. But I was just like, I want to do something that I have never seen anybody do before. And of course, people have their podcast. But like in in amongst my peers, I don't think I know a lot of young black women who have their own podcast. And also, I was looking at it, I actually looked at the podcast from a a bigger scale, because as, but a lot of people don't know this about me, but one of my biggest dreams, and one thing I'm going to accomplish before I go home, (laughs) is to um, have my own production company of some sort, or be able to have something of that sort under my belt. So I was, we, you and I were strategizing how does that how does that work? And I was saying that I think this is probably the best place to start. Yes. And then from here, kind of branch out to see other different sectors of media or publication, things of that sort. So I just felt like this was the best place to start. And it was also really different. And I hadn't seen it done like this before. I love it. I was really taken aback when you we're doing a college thing or doing a conversational piece with someone else. And you said, yeah. And you said, I have the name for it. And I was like, what? Where am I at? Am I living in the same house? (laughs) And so all of these dreams that you have in front of you, Chase, are just 
not dreams. They, you literally, I know when you say it, I know to pray really hard and hold on tight because you're going to get done. It's going to get done. And I love that about you. I admire that about you. And I want to be like you when I grow up. You when I grow up. But this has been awesome. Those are That's all the questions I have for you, mama. Period. We did it. We did. <laughs> we got through it. That is actually the conclusion of our show. So thank you so much to the listeners for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to my mommy for believing in me and for being my first guest. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right. And until then, I'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Renaissance Project, a Black girls movement. Want to join the combo? Contact me via Instagram at the Renaissance P-R-J-C-T, or you can email me at the Renaissance P-R-J-T at gmail.com. If you feel like to donate, you can do so by sending your funds to dollar sign Chase AC7 on Cash App. It is not required, but definitely encouraged. That's all from me. I hope to see you next Thursday. Until then, be well.